Welcome to the podcast today, everybody. So we got an interesting topic that everyone and their uncle has been talking about. If you have been on the internet at all, you've been slapped in the face, whether you like it or not, with this subject of chat GPT. So we're not here to like slap you in the face with the subject. We're here to kind of learn with you on this journey. I think it's a brand new thing um, that most people are still figuring out right now, right? So I don't want to assume that everyone who's listening to this really knows all that much about GPT. And to be truthfully honest with you, I don't really know that much about chat GPT. So I had to do some digging and, and understand some of the basics. So before we dive deep into some of the use cases we've been thinking through for product managers or how it applies to us as product managers, let me just bring um, us up to speed on what ChatGPT is. And I think the first best place to start is what does GPT even stand for? How about that? It stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. All right, cool. Let's dive in. No, I'm just kidding. So I don't even, <laughs> I think that's even still a, a, a pretty tough sentence to understand. Generative pre-trained transformer. I think if we wanted to explain this very simply, chat GPT is a massive uh, AI model of data, right? So it, of, uh, of text data. So it's a large language model is what they call it. So think about, um, Somehow they have, the, the company that built this model, this is the third model, that's why it's ChatGPT3. Um, the company that built this model basically scoured the internet for all sorts of training data from, I mean, just imagine every single Wikipedia page, plus like uh, every single thing you could possibly gather from news, stories, books, forums, fiction, social media, blogs, manuals, code snippets, human literature, all that, all that stuff, right, is, is thrown into this model and it has trained itself in order to give answers, textual answers to questions. That's basically um, what it is. And so just a very quick background on the company. The company that built it is called OpenAI, uh, headed up by Sam Altman. Um, Interesting character Sam Altman is. He's a, he's a definitely an interesting follow on Twitter. Uh, if you guys if you guys are on Twitter, then I would definitely check his stuff out. Seems like a pretty successful dude. He sold one company for forty million dollars. Then he became the president of Y Combinator for a little while, and then his next thing was Open AI. Right. So, a lot of people are seeing Open AI as, I mean, at least ChatGPT as the. Uh, as as the potential, almost like the bedrock or the foundation for the next decade of tech, right? What are we going to do with ChatGPT and where are we going to go? Almost like how when Google came onto the scene, you could search for anything. ChatGPT is on the scene and you can get answers for anything <laughs> better than Google. I don't know. I think we need to do some more explanation on that. But that's just a quick catch up for, for people who don't know what it is. And uh, I just want to make sure... You feel comfortable as we go into this conversation. So, I don't know, guys. What's the what's the first subject uh, matter on this? Hey, thank you, Andrew, for providing such a wonderful insight for our listeners. So, I will go along the route, provide more insight what I feel about ChatGPT and what is ChatGPT from my perspective as an AI product person. Um, ChatGPT is nothing more than a reinforcement model, which has a human intervention or human feedback 
and this feedback is continuously absorbed and ingested by the large data set and which makes it more powerful some interesting fact about chat gpt is that it is not the most powerful transformer or the model in the, in the market but it it is uh the response is more uh, human like uh chat gpt uses some 20 billion parameters whereas chat gpt 3 uses some 175 billion parameters and when i say uh, parameters what it means is basically these are the configuration variables that are internal to the model and whose values can be inferred from the data so in a common language a parameter is a useful component of a statistical analysis it refers to the characteristics that are used to define a given population it is used to describe a specific characteristic of the entire population for example so if we want to think about the population of butterflies across the globe there are many things we can look into but one of the characteristic that com- comes to my mind at this point is the length of butterfly there another characteristic that comes to my mind is right now the color of butterfly and so on and these are parameters. We could add something here. I, I wanted to also call out that as amazing as ChatGPT is, it does have limitations. Mhm. constraints like my first experience trying it out, the very first thing I put in, it told me I don't have access to the internet, so I can't find that for you. Um the other thing that that a lot of people have run into is that it's trained on data from uh that ends in 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's not aware of current events in 2022 or later. <laughs> um and and like we alluded to it's it's text only. Mhm. So if you're looking to get an idea of how something is structured or or visually composed, it can't help you. Yeah, so I I saw a crazy stat the other day. Well, this is actually a stat at work uh cuz I deal with uh large data sets at work and one of the things uh was said was I think it's like 80% of enterprise data sets are still unstructured. So we haven't really figured out how to tap into that data. And so here's a question for you. Is this large language model is is the English language is this structured data that is that is learning on or unstructured, right? It's both. It's both. Okay. So yeah. a little bit of both here and there, but I like you said there's some limitations as to what it can do like performance wise, right? I isn't it like it's uber expensive to uh run the the C, basically generates a lot of CPU consumption to pump out the answers because mm-hmm. it, it it probably took off faster than they expected. Um on that note, uh road to a million users. I saw this crazy stat. You guys have probably seen this floating around out there too. It took Facebook 10 months to get to a million users. It took Spotify 5 months. It took Netflix 3 and a half years to get to a million users. It took ChatGPT 5 days. <laughs> so, a lot of overwhelm to the system there and it's extremely expensive to run, I've heard. Um, so that's a limitation and you can't just I guess it kind of overwhelmed the system and now they've got a paywall on it. Um So speaking of the cost it's cost around 100k a day for chat gpt to run uh that is around 3 billion per month and 36 million dollars a year 
and the cost of running ChatGPT will increase further as more and more users will come on the platform. Just from the fun perspective, uh, how many of them bot generated? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, being bored and just messing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you learn uh, for sure. But I don't know, guys. So I, I think, you know, in terms of what GPT is and what it does, I think we've we've had a little bit of a discussion there. I think let's kind of let's just jump right into how does this apply to us? How should we be thinking about it? Um, for us as product managers, right? Like, how, you know, either A, and how we build products, uh, B, like how we, you know, use it at work in order to, um, in order to build the products we build or, or C, like inside the products that we are building, right? Like, could, is this something that we can use inside of an enterprise product? Um, who knows, right? So I don't know. Let's, let's go that, that way in the discussion if you guys are open to it. Sure. Uh, I mean, I will start from the healthcare industry. It's it's a great opportunity from the healthcare, um, especially in the pharma industry. It's it's a it's a it's basically a blessing if you think of in that way because there's a lot of time we spend on the research side, and this can uh, decrease our research time uh, multiple folds over there. Uh, Another industry which comes to my mind, uh, which will be greatly benefited by the usage of ChatGPT or something like that, will be marketing industry where developing content utilizing this machine learning model will be will increase multiple folds and um, and in no time uh, you can produce a content which will be will be really innovative as as well as more human like so in healthcare you're talking about more about the research aspect and like how it can help maybe help make decisions and things but not necessarily on the patient side about um because i would imagine there's some security concerns but you can't just pump you know textual data you know internal data into an ai model and then you know perform some sort of task on it right because there's a lot the hipaa concerns and all sorts of stuff so you do it's it's prevented from going that direction. But what I think you're saying, Yogesh, is like maybe you're a doctor and you're trying to make a quick decision on something and you might type a prompt into chat GPT and say, what are all the pros and cons of operating on this body part when this other condition is 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 at play, right? And maybe so, it can give you some ideas or something. No, is that no, what you so, mean? So, yeah, so, uh, so healthcare, like I, I, that's why I was limiting myself to pharma. You, you went to the pharma provider side, basically, or the, the patient side. Okay. So yes, you can pump the data into the the uh, the AI models. No one is stopping that. But this is like as you said, HIPAA regulation. Um, so data cannot go outside a certain boundaries. And if it's going to third party, there's a it, it should be the third parties should be also HIPAA compliant. And I'm not sure about the Chat GPT. Uh, they are HIPAA compliant right now. But if someone is using a transformer which is a HIPAA compliant within the company, that they can definitely do that. Basically. You can create something on the AWS utilizing the, that kind of transformer, and you can generate. You can do that generative AI deep learning. We all are doing uh, today. Maybe not that as powerful as 175 billion parameters we're uh, using or 20 billion, but we are using some 20 million. Let's put that way. So yes, uh, but where it's really helping the in the pharma industry, what I'm saying is that when you are uh, doing a lot of uh, let's say drug development, you so the use case that I'm talking about is. Um, the usage of chat GPT during the drug discovery, especially about the target identification, screening, and assay. Uh, and this process is around one to three year long. 
uh, what is basically is happening is there's a lot of research happening and researchers are going through various or thousands and thousands of documents and doing a lot of research over there and this can be done now uh, in a shorter period of time using a, a chat gpt or any other machine learning model uh, which is as powerful as gpt or more powerful so that's that would definitely decrease the the timeline of this the drug discovery target identification and screening as well as assay identification uh that's my take on it uh does it make sense to you interesting yeah that's interesting rupa you've been quiet so far anything to add <laughs> no i mean like you know i'm 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 in listening mode um you know you guys were talking about like hipaa regulation one thing like um i wanted to understand is like you know how does regulation or in lack of regulation you know to us privacy attacks things like that come to play especially like you know, if we're talking about the like, medical fields or or something right and and and, and uh, i think my question ties more to what envy was asking right is there any like you know, ethical limitations on like if i can query chat gpt on best process to operate or whatever those mm-hmm. kind of things be right and use that information right um because we don't want everyone to be facebook doctors like my mom you know something <laughs> on facebook and then yeah, yeah so so that's interesting like some of uh, some of the folks they did try to put their condition like uh, i was mm-hmm. reading about some doctor they just posted that okay what happened when my patient is putting a query against uh, to chat gpt so the first line that came up is that you should see some provider that's what the first line from chat gpt says and then also it says okay your your condition looks like uh, like a like a condition a or disease b or disease c but again again i will recommend you to go to a certain doctor which was a good thing on the on the part of chat gpt at least so yeah. but as you said uh, google was doing the same thing like when you put your condition on google man you will get a anxiety you will just yeah. think and yeah. they will say oh you can have this you can have this and you can have the only difference there is like you know chat gpt was able to pass i think level 1 level 2 level 3 of us mle yes um, you know so 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 that's got to be uh scary right or maybe a good thing that okay you know we can trust the system to answer medical questions and maybe that shouldn't be taken as seriously as uh you know so one starts that i was very interested to know is that even though chat gpt has passed uh different exams um what was the passing percentage and the passing percentage is not too high it's around um 60 to 65% so it's not like if someone is utilizing chat gpt they are scoring around 90% page or like an a grade now so that comes that's where the question comes around the accuracy of the chat gpt uh and it's not where you want it to be at this at this very moment so since uh as we were talking about like the exams passed um, by ChatGPT now it is forcing many many universities across the globe to change their examination pattern uh, we have read the news how in, in France a lot of universities are already banning ChatGPT we have read the similar news in US as well as in India that universities are banning ChatGPT so within a span of no time it has uh the chat gpt is changing the examination pattern 
of the universities, which is kind of scary as well as crazy, but it is the fact that it has definitely changed the thinking of, of the examiners across the globe. That is pretty crazy, you know. And I think what you're saying there is is students were using Chat GPT to basically write yeah. essays for them. Yeah. So what's funny about that is where we're going is the people who are going to be more successful are the ones who know how to leverage and use this uh, GPT three, GPT four, and and so on. <laughs> Once the model be, like gets updated to 2023 and includes trillions of parameters, right? Yep. They'll be, it'll be that much more powerful. So the people who learn to leverage that the best are actually going to end up being way better off than, than the people who aren't. And so, you know, schools are now disincentivizing people to, uh, to use it, obviously, you know, in true school fashion. Anyways, so what, what I would say, though, is, you know, to your point earlier, Yogesh, with, with content creation or with anything you, you could potentially generate with GPT, um, Human, the human touch is still very much, I mean, uh, going to be a necessity here, right? There is a there is a big difference between an article that is written by someone with, there's still, there's still something to be said for originality, right? You can tell when something's been written by this model versus, you know, something that's taken true human intention and thought, but it is, it is so good that you have to double take. You have to look twice and see, like, is this actually a human writing this or is this a machine writing this? So to GPT's credit, it does a great job with that. But but to its detriment is it's not going to just you can't just take what it spits out and use it immediately. I think the by far and away, the best value that I've seen so far for GPT is it gets you 90% of the way there. It gets you thinking. It gives you tons of ideas to get started and get moving from. It removes that writer's block. It removes the idea block. It, it like gets the team. It's almost like a brainstorm partner on steroids is yeah. kind of how I've been seeing I, it. Yeah. To, to, to add to that, you know, I, I so as a content writer, right, you know, sometimes it's hard to get started, right? Because you have some ideas and you just want to brainstorm or you need a kickstart, right? So I think that chat GPT in terms of content writing it's like an icebreaker, right? You mm-hmm. can just sit down, you can play with it, you know, get some ideas and then, you know, get started and then, you know, iterate. Obviously, there's, you know, like Andrew said, there's tons of value of being like creative and bringing the human side or your own personal experience to the content, but nonetheless, right, to get started and just play around research or whatever, um, I think I think it's really useful. I totally agree with you guys. Uh, but one, one thing we should also uh, think about that we are saying that human human content or human intervention, it will remain. It will remain forever. But chat GPT being a generative AI, it's always learning. It's always learning. Uh, just think about this way. Like if, uh, Andrew, you are putting up query and you are putting some content uh, Within no time, it will start realizing what kind of language you use, what kind of words you use more often, and it will start copying your style also. So uh, it's not like that you should not you should be feeling scared about it, but also it's also good that sometimes when you want to really want to be like, hey, this is my style. Uh, can you just generate something in my style, and then you can just rewrite some stuff. You don't need to do all the work, but you can still rewrite that work. But yeah. And human, um, if you use, if you ever use Grammarly, guys, you will know that Grammarly also tells you that your the sentence that you're writing, how positive it is, how negative it is, what is the sentiment yeah. analysis. Even Grammarly does that. 
So I know people are, are talking about right now chat GPT just because it become a big thing. But behind the scene, Grammarly is doing that for a long time and other companies so, are doing that for a long so, time. So, so, so that that's a great point, right? And you know, I've always had this thought, right? So obviously everyone loves chat GPT, right? But mm-hmm. but is that curve, is that hype right now? Or like, you know, is is chat GPT or rather the, the tool behind it or the tech behind it is really, you know, wow, right? And 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 then one point is uh you know, as far as I understand, I could be totally wrong here. Uh last language models are basically uh you know go with statical significance, right? So whatever input you give, you know, it's basically trying to attach strings, you know, that match that statical significance, right? Mm-hmm. And and maybe, maybe or maybe there isn't um intelligence part of it, but rather than you know matching it, matching the st- uh, string uh, based on stats, right? And one of my personal experience has been that if you just play around with chat GPT, you know, and writing an article on product management, mm-hmm. it will give you a long context, but there are lots of reputations, right? I mean, like, you know, this is what we would call in Amazon, like, you know, words that add more value, right? You're just saying the same thing, like word. three different things yeah. on, on, on a paragraph, right? So, so, so to me, that kind of feels like, hey, you know, I'm like, you're just trying to make content longer and not smarter. Yeah, it makes me think of when you're writing an essay in school. Yeah, yeah. Right. you, you say the same thing. Yeah. Your sentence longer to fill the word count. Yeah. As I was walking my de- dog on this beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, I, I, and I've had, I've really had instances where, you know, the first sentence, sentence is phrased one way, and the second sentence says the same thing, right? No added additional value, but in a different way. I mean, like, you know, so... All right, let me let me ask you this. As a product manager, as a practicing product manager, what excites you about Chat GPT or or sorry, the, the tech behind a GPT three per se? Like how might you use this in your day job? So I'll give two examples. Okay. One, um, something that I read on LinkedIn that I found really interesting in my personal, right? So I saw this post on LinkedIn where you know somebody has fed um or, or his input was. XYZ is the epic and divide this in the user story, right? So chat GPT kind of like you know just went on and then divided that um into user stories, right? So 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 there are use cases or similar use cases on that, right? Now, my personal experience is Amazon is very heavy on writing, right? And sometimes you know when, when you dive dipping on a topic and you produce a doc, right? There's a part of you that wants to make sure that doc is perfect. Or like, you know, you just want to see if you can play around with words and make it more objective, right? So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I've tried where like, hey, you know, you type your input and, you know, whatever your prompt is, like, you know, remove the wizard word or like, how do how would you shorten the same content in like, you know, 300 uh, 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 words or make it more intellectual, right? So for me, um, that's been one of the uh, use cases that I've thought of, right? And 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 this is you know separate from you know as product manager brainstorming on the ideas or marketing research, um, and and things like that. That's a great one. So it's, it sounds like what you do is you you put in the prompt. You know, here's my paragraph of text yeah. that I just yeah. wrote, and you Re-phrase say it. now pick or, it apart. Yeah, review it either short exactly. and pick it apart. Give me the pros and cons yeah. of this argument. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, that's only the good one, right? I mean, like you know. Um, when you have an opinion, right, and and and, yeah. and, and you want to make sure you're not biased, right, 
uh, you know, how do you really get to know the other side of an opinion, right? So may- maybe that could be, uh, you know, one of the use cases, right? I like that, Rubu, but I'm, I have never tried that because, you know, I, I feel like, okay, if I write something, I will be writing something which will which I will be doing in my office. So I don't want to give any data to ChatGPT, which can be, it belongs to my office or my company yeah, in, true, in true. any form. So I'm very, very careful about that part because I have seen that because I know it's, it has a feedback loop. It is consuming all the words that we, we are feeding it to it. So I'm very careful it's, about that part. <laughs> it's open source, right? Yeah. So like you're, yeah. if you throw it in there, the rest of the world can now learn from it, basically. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to our previous point about privacy. Um, Trent, did you have one? I mean, I, I saw this um, this post by Itir Abdul Rauf. On I was, I'm so glad you met, you mentioned it because there, I was going to if you if if no one else did. Yeah, it, it has 45 different use cases with examples and like screenshot of the output, and it's the use cases are really broad. There's lots of ways you can use it, um, from positioning to business canvas elaboration to, like you said, Rupu, kind of summarization of things or, or extent expansion on things. Um, and then his, his bonus use case was writing excuses <laughs> for why something has been delayed or whatever. <laughs> Not that any of us would do that, of course, but, <laughs> but it's, I, I mean, I, the thing that, that goes, that I learned from that is that it's, it's a true art and science to develop prompts for this chat team. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I've seen other people posit that the, the acronym PM will change from product manager to prompt manager. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think that's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, uh-huh. there's something to be learned from that. I think that, you know, knowing how the tool works and how to leverage it to its fullest, I think will be a valuable skill going forward. I agree. There, there's, you see people who are like writing, who are feeding uh, prompts to ChatGPT, and you're like, "Wow!" Like, I understand why ChatGPT gave such a valuable answer because the prompt was so good. Exactly. I think we will one once the bar. Um, I don't know. Once the bar like lowers and and the technology becomes commoditized and like you know middle schoolers start using this and everybody starts <laughs> getting comfortable, like then I think at that point we're all going to be pretty well you know, uh, know how to, just like how our, our grandparents know how to search for things in Google, uh, we will learn how to write good prompts in chat GPT, right? Um, I think that's how it will become. But anyways, I, I, I think one of the... can be a job too, <laughs> prompt creator. <laughs> prompt creator. Prompt, prompt writers. <laughs> right now it's hot, right? Like you could, you could sell these. I know people who are like writing prompts or, that are really valuable for certain niches and they're selling these prompts, right? So that will go away, I'm sure. But, you know, that's, you know, people who are kind of still in the mystique phase are taking, um, taking advantage of that right now, which, you know, good on them, whatever. Um, I will I will add a, a use case that I saw, which was pretty awesome. So there's um, obviously because this is an open source technology, which is genius. It allows all these other engineers and builders to come in and build apps off the top of it. Um, so it's great for that. Right. And one of the things that I've seen is it's basically an add on or a plug in to Google Sheets. And so you can you can basically uh, manipulate data with common language, right? So you can say, you can put in a data set that's raw, right? With just raw data and it's messy and you can basically clean it with common language. So you can go over a cell and say, 
uh, concatenate this row and pull out all the zip codes or what, you know, what all, whatever's in that messy data, you can clean it with common language instead of learning how to write the syntax that we always have had to learn how to write in, um, in Excel. So that's really cool. And I think that will become uh, more commonplace in, in the workplace. It's not necessarily a PM related thing, but I think this is how it, 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 uh, it expands to that. Um, think about, as PMs, a lot of times we're doing like competitive research or even research on our own products and we, we're looking up reviews, right? So I think something that would be really powerful here is you go and you rip all the reviews from a certain uh, database and you pull all the reviews into your into your uh, uh, Google Sheets. And then and you can train the model, uh, the GPT model to go and evaluate each of those reviews and put um, and place it in a category. Right. So it'll read a review and it'll say, OK, I will summarize this review as this this person said they just had poor performance from the app. Um, or, you know, this review is more like a feature request, or this review is really just sounds like a mad user and there's user error involved, right? So it can, it can go and categorize each of these things. And that is really great for like product research. You can, you can train it to, you kind of manipulate these reviews and get whatever data you want to pull out of it so that you can, you know, get better insights from, from the, you know, competitive research or, or even research on your own products. So that's a really cool use case that I've seen. Yeah, you can do the user research also similarly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because when we get so many requirements and then you can see, okay, which requirements really make sense of or not making sense out of it because mm. you can just need put some limitations that, okay, this is the parameters yeah. within what I'm looking for. This is a scope where I want to limit. And anything which is out of limit, it can just say, this is out of limit. Yeah, and it saves so much time from from pulling out those insights that you know that you'd have to go through each review and individually and categorize it yourself. Like another huge, you know, a huge use case here could be, you know, how there's some tools out there. Uh, for instance, you feed it a video, with, you know, uh, maybe for example, this podcast, right? Um, you like Auto AI, I think, is one of them. You you throw the video in, and then it spits out a transcript of everything that was said in that video. Okay, you can take that transcript and feed it to uh, ChatGPT, and it can pull out the main points, the main insights in bullet form, and summarize the whole thing for you. Right, stuff like that. Like when you have these user interviews, it can pull out the important bits and send you an email or send it to your boss or whatever. So really cool things like that. Sounds good. I, I I I like this um, you know idea of building an app on top of it, right? Especially if it's if you can in, uh, integrate um, audio and visual, right? I, I have a unique um, I have a use case that I've had for uh, for a while. Uh, so my neighbor's son, you know, he's very shy. I think there's a word for it. Uh, you know, he doesn't look at your eye when he talks. You know, it's not social. Um, and things like that, right? So, so for people like that, or you can even call like introvert or things like that, right? If there's an app, you know, that can help them interact and then, you know, kind of have that conversations. I think like, you know, those kind of use cases, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of use cases like that where, where the tech could be made to develop someone's personality or like, you know, cognitive abilities, uh, you know, uh, uh, from childhood. Hmm. Interesting. One other yeah. thing that we should probably touch on, and I don't know where it should go in the episode, but um, just today, uh, they announced, OpenAI announced that they will be charging, they'll monetize ChatGPT for 20 bucks a month for priority access. And um, 
what was it? Faster response times, even during peak times, um, as well as priority, uh, like you'll get the new features and improvements before everyone else. Yeah, I mean, it's keep crashing for me right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting monetization strategy. It's not quite what I expected it to be, but. but yeah, what would, you, what would you have done with it, Trent? Speaking of product management. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I haven't I haven't given it a ton of thought, but uh, one of the things that that I I wanted it to have was access to the internet and just more recent information about what's been going on in the world and and just because we're always evolving our our sort of knowledge base of of what's happening in our industry, and so I, I think integrating newer knowledge and and being able to access, I guess, the next version of the model, whether that's three point five or four. Um, I think that would be even more valuable. Oh, I, one one drawback. Let me just talk about ChatGPT. Uh, since we're talking about that, uh, the data is biased, and the reason I'm, I'm talking about is that one of my colleagues he was trying to split a bill uh, during the Christmas using a ChatGPT. He was trying to be, and then the name it generated were all. Can you believe that or not? But it's all white males, and you said okay. This is like uh, maybe the party will have all diverse uh, diverse population in the party, but it's only just recognizing the white uh, white males that they are supposed to pay the bills over there. So I'll take it's, it a step step further if after you're done. <laughs> so ahead. this is a, this is a one finding that we that was that blew my mind, and as Rupu was talking about, like hey, uh, what was the regulation? So there's something called ethical AI. We really need to dive deep into this kind of thing. Like when you're opening such a big platform, it's it's becomes very necessary that we bring some regulations and really quickly about this kind of thing. I have a question over here. So as a being a product person, uh, let's say if you have to implement that this in your company, uh, how positive you are about this this kind of technology, uh, or how comfortable are you to use this kind of technology within your company? And where do you see your senior management is looking up to it in the coming days? I can go first because, uh, you know, my thought is on a company where let's talk about like customer queries, right? Where it's static, right? Like, where's my order, right? I want to return this, right? It's, it's within the same parameters. I think it's much easier to implement on those sectors, right? Uh, you know, versus if it's a company where a consultation is required, you know, that may still need some uh, ways to go. But 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 when the question is transactional, right, um, and 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 the goal is to give customer a fact, accurate, and faster response, I think like you know that niche is where ChatGPT uh, can do the best. Great. Andrew? My level of comfortability with ChatGPT if I had to use it at work and how does my senior management feel about it? Yep. <laughs> well, um, speaking on not on behalf of any particular company at all, um, especially the company I work for, um, I would say if I had to use it at work, um, my level of comfortability right now is, is to be honest, quite low, right? I think it's it's still very new. Um, and I think the way that I would grow through that is, is to really just play with it and use it as a tool, not necessarily as the, the, uh, the compass, right? So, you know, 
AI um, is only as, as useful as the person who knows how to direct it to do what they want it to do, right? So I, I think you'd have to find the right use case. And, um, you know, Trent mentioned earlier um, that post by Ater uh, Abdul-Raouf. Um, that, that post is amazing in terms of all the things that you can use uh, ChatGPT to do as a product manager. Um, I'm not going to list every single thing, but... You know, one great example that stood out to me is you can use it as the first draft for a PRD, right? So something all product managers do, right? So if you if you can just get that first draft of a PRD, that might cut your your writing time in half, right? And that's useful as a product manager because we're always in meetings and we're always busy. So those are the types of things that I would say is use it, you know, to to supplement what you're already doing and make some of your tasks faster if possible. That's that's how I would use it at work. Not really to like make decisions for me and not really to um to automate anything just yet, just because the trust factor I don't think is there in terms of the quality that it, that it puts out. It is high quality, but we also have to verify that quality as we go, right? We can't just assume it works. Um, so there's that. And then how does my senior management feel about it? I have no, no idea. <laughs> I, did, I, really, did, I, I can't even comment on it. Did you try to write a PRD using a chat GPT? No, I have not. Okay. So I, I, I think like, you know, one of the other use cases, you know, that this is applicable, applicable for like, you know, all products is like, you know, data analysis, right? Uh, you know, so let's suppose like you want to do like, you know, cohort based analysis and your goal is to identify your cohort. That has that has more behavior to churn than you know, feeding that data and letting AI to come up with um, those insights, right? Could could save a lot of time uh, um, and effort there. So so I I think like even like those use cases, uh, you know, uh, uh, can be like maybe automated using AI. Right? So I have a confession to make, guys. I tried to use ChatGPT to write a PRD for me. <laughs> I was experienced. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, I was pretty disappointed. Um, The thing I noticed the most was that it didn't have enough sort of industry knowledge and expertise to really add anything of substance that would be compelling in a PRD. Um, Now, I tried to work with it and do, you know, several iterations and several like, you know, okay, build upon that, build upon that. And it it wasn't cutting it. I got to say... However, I will note it did help get the like you said, Andrew. It got the wheels turning in my head so that I could there, you know, take that almost like a building block, but not mm-hmm. quite. I, I started a new doc from scratch, but yeah. I learned a little bit through that interaction. It's not quite there yet because I same thing. Like I haven't really gotten it to give me anything useful in the industry. I work in hybrid cloud infrastructure. Be, per, you know, if I talk to it about Airbnb, I'm sure it'll tell me a lot of good fun stuff because there's been millions of people who've been been able to write about Airbnb on the internet where this data set is being pulled from. The the large language model is being pulled from. Not quite as many people out there writing about the fun topic of hybrid cloud infrastructure. Same with cloud <laughs> connectivity on my, on my end. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know if this is the limitation of Chat GPT or like you know, maybe limitation on how I was using it, right? So, so we recently had a hackathon in our company, and you know, I had, uh, 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 I had um, shared two ideas, right? And I was just thinking, like, okay, let me play with Chat GPT, right? Maybe it's gonna give me some genius ideas, right? But most of the ideas generated by Chat GPT was you know pretty generic, right? So I, I think like you know if 
it was not like wow, right? I mean, like, so 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 I was kind of like disheartened by that. Uh, you know, I was really expecting some something bad. You know, ten years down the road, or like you know, yeah. Uh, uh, but but it really wasn't anything out of the ordinary. One more thing I should mention, just full disclosure, is that if if it had come up with something useful, I would have disclosed that this portion right. was generated using yeah. Chat GPT. I think I feel like um, trying to pass off something that Chat GPT made for you would be unethical, and and we should at least like share that mm-hmm. Chat GPT aided us in generating these ideas or or in structuring the conversation or you know whatever makes sense. That's a great, that's a great point. Some people might not have thought of that, but I think it is, it is something important when, especially in content creation these days, you have people who are just whipping out hundreds of blogs a day and just fooling the Google algorithm to pull website traffic, SEO traffic to a specific website with millions of backlinks. And the content, like you said, it's, it's not as valuable, right? Like it's, it's generic. It, it really is generic stuff, but sometimes even that the, the value of it is that sometimes even that generic stuff gets the wheels turning for you in the direction you really want it to go. Absolutely. You know, guys, while talking to you, I just tested, I never tried this before, but I wrote a, a PRD on the API and I, I, I'm impressed uh, with the content generated by it, to be honest. Uh, it's very generic, and uh, because I, I wrote very specific or uh, just uh, API, uh, but it actually gives you, as as we were said in the beginning, that it gives you an icebreaker. That if your brain is not working, it's frozen. This is where it gives you an icebreaker. You can start thinking, okay, this is where I want to go, and then you can start changing the verbiage over there. And now you know where what do you want to write. Uh, it's actually an, definitely an icebreaker. And yeah. I would have never written that down, what it has written down, but it has created something which is I would love to utilize in the future sometime. Yeah, you can make I, it, I will your, own this. And, yeah, I make will, it your own, build, build on it, exactly. your voice. I think that's, yeah. that's key to making it authentic. Yeah, yeah. And I would definitely share this uh, on the LinkedIn that what is a PR created on the API by the, uh, it is impressive. I must say that. Okay. And as you as you were talking about that, I was cracking up in the background. One more use case before you guys go ahead. I was thinking about it. I was recently thinking about a uh, like a pricing strategy. Think about if Chat GPT is asking itself, and what should I charge in the market to the customers? Like we were we were talking about that it will charge forty two dollars, and right now I think Trend you said they are charging twenty bucks a yep. month. Yep. How did they come to 20 bucks? I would love to see that. <laughs> Maybe they asked the, the tool, hey, how much do we charge for this? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. 20 for for all these use cases, you know, out there where you do have these bloggers who are wh- whipping yeah. out content and they're trying to win the content game, 20 bucks a month is not hmm. a lot. Yeah. If they were gonna charge $42, I was gonna cancel my LinkedIn subscription and go chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is more exp- uh, expensive, $29. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> so, oh, so here's, here's one question I have for like, you know, yoga is since, since, since you have more expertise on AI uh, between here, right? Mm-hmm. So how much of this chat GBT really understands the context versus, you know, replying 
based on statistical um, significance of the input. That's a great question, uh, Rupu, because see, the kind of response you just, if you remember in the beginning, you said that uh, we, uh, Judge GPT is able to clear the medical exams. So, so Rupu, that's a great question uh, in the manner that the statistical significance of your input plays a big role because, uh, along with the context, since uh, you're not looking at only as a, as what the user is asking for, but you're also taking into consideration the entire context possible. And for example, when I wrote uh, or when I asked for the in the PRD, write a PRD about an API. So the context was write a PRD, but but if you take into the into the consideration, my statistical significance is about API. So it's it's looking into the and uh, and looking for the keywords related to APIs will also take into consideration what am I looking for the context is about writing a PRD. So it's I think it plays it goes hand in hand uh, at, at the moment and uh, that's what we have to see like how uh, it starts thinking like a human uh, or I mean it's already been proven that it's it's coming close to the human right now may not be accurate all the time because. Uh, because it can infer the input in totally different manner than what the human being will infer. Um, but in that case, right now, when I, I generate a PRD, uh, I won't say it's close to what I was thinking about, but it, it actually just gave me a head start and start thinking about, okay, uh, because API is a very, very broad term. Had I had given him something very, 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 very niche, maybe I would have gotten a better response. The prompt towards plays a big role. I, I'm, I'm sure about it. My observation has been that the context is really given is user input from that prompt, right? That prompt can give it a lot of contextual uh, evidence to provide a to provide a a reasonable response. I think one of the things that I've seen is it, it was basically asking like, "Hey, you know, give me some advice and base it off the book, The Mom Test," right? So mm -hmm. it took that information and it somehow yeah. accessed a digital copy of the mom test and it fed an answer back as if it was structured from one of the frameworks given in that book. And I was like, wow, that's actually, that's actually pretty, pretty insightful for this tool to be able to like speak back and answer in the context in which you ask it for from a book that's pretty, you know, not well known outside of the, the PM circle, right? Uh, world. All right. With this, we come to an end of this wonderful episode. Uh, I really enjoyed recording this session with Andrew, Rupu, and Trent. We would love to know from you guys, how did you find this episode? Your feedbacks are very important to us. And please let us know what else you want us to talk about in the coming days. Thank you.